Podcast. This is Bruce. This is John. This is Blix. This is Trav. This is Rich. This is Shelly. Welcome, Shelly, to the TriTac Games Podcast. Your podcast of finding that you're in a strange world where things aren't quite real, but you want them to be that way. No baka, darling. Uh, Trav, why don't you introduce our guest tonight? This is a special moment for me, sort of also a bucket list thing. My daughter, Michelle, some of you in my dementia show would know her as Shellshock, is joining us here tonight for the subject matter, which is adding anime tropes and conventions to various TriTech games. Now, Shelly, really quick, your curriculum vitae as far as why I brought you into this. I'm a weep. <laughs> yes, what are your credentials? Yeah, what are your credentials? What's your cre- what's your geek cred as far as this goes? Um, I've been going to cons since before I was born, so there's that. And You're going to rub <laughs> that into my face on here. Okay. <laughs> and um uh I've been going to Yomacon, which is the local anime convention since the second year it started and I've never missed a year of since. Uh Detroit for those of you who don't know where we come from, the local Detroit Anime Con and also you helped create the anime club for our alma mater, Belleville High. Yeah, I helped uh, my sophomore year. I helped create the anime club, which was going on for uh, up to, I believe, two years after I left, up until the teacher who was running it ended up going elsewhere. But um, it's carried on, and it's now actually going at the local library, and they still call and ask me to come up, and I'm kind of like, ah, didn't you mentor some kids recently at Yomacon, the newer generation of anime club members, and you were kind of like mother henning them? Yeah, I'm called Con Mom. <laughs> okay, I like that. I made sandwiches for everyone and uh, gave them all my phone numbers. Oh, God, that is a Con Mom. Did you cut the crust off the bread, too? No, they're all big kids. They can do that themselves. <laughs> all I did was cut it into little pieces for them so they didn't choke. All righty. So, as I said, we're doing... Adding anime tropes and conventions to various TriTac games. If you want to check out something really cool, you need to tune in to the TriTac podcast. What's that you say? TriTac? What's a TriTac? TriTac is one of the oldest role playing companies around. They make games like Fringe Worldly, FTL 2448, Hardwired Hinterland, Beach Bunny Bimbos with Blasters. Designed for D20 and Savage Worlds, these games will kick your dice into overdrive. Whether you want to combat the denizens of the underworld, travel the galaxy, get crazy with bimbos, or travel the multiverse and do it all, TriTac has you covered. Go to TriTacGamers.com to see what it's all about. 
That's T-R-I-T-A-C-Gamers.com. And check out our weekly podcast at tritacsystems.podbean.com. Or simply enter keyword TriTac in iTunes. You're going to love it. I mean, it could be some person, for example, where it, it turns out that, uh, you know, most of those things that happened was because they uh, they did a uh, a seance when they were like ten years old, and they summoned up a demon, and and everything else that's happened in the rest of the anime is cause, being caused by that because of that thing that they unleashed into the world, or the fact it's been moving along with them all the whole time, or you know just that when they did that, like in the story Constantine, you know something terrible happened back then, and it's colored everything that's happened in that character's life ever since. Or a pair of brothers try to resurrect their mother. Yes, exactly. Full Metal Alchemist. Full Metal Alchemist. Yeah, but again, that's somewhere where they pretty much treat it like it's a superhero thing rather than a spiritual thing. At least that's my take on it. Well, there is one good example, um, Bleach, which is uh, hmm. it's it's all spiritual pretty much, where um, just an average kid who didn't realize he could see spirits until he was a little bit older watched one of the um, oh, uh, it's called a hollow. It's like a ghost that's kind of lost its mind and become a monster. He watched one kill his mother. So from that point on, he starts learning how to fight them, and he finds out that he's a soul reaper, which um, there's like this long, long, ridiculous uh, arcs and arcs and arcs, and there's way too many episodes to go into. But it's a lot more based on the spiritual aspects, and they have the shrines, they have the graveyards, and you know they've got these spiritual monsters that nobody can see except for the soul reapers, except for the soul reapers or anybody who, um, like who's maybe a little bit, the only people that can see them are anyone who might have special powers kind of thing. And that's also probably going back. That's a good example of just a bunch of people getting thrown together with special powers. The, the only thing they have in common is that power. Other than that could be totally disparate. Yeah. Right. I'm I'm trying to remember uh, I'm trying to remember the uh, the one the the oh it's a it's a horror anime about a high school and the uh, the, the the going thing thing was there was a desk that no one sat in because that was for the dead student. Uh, no 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 that's that's more like Walking Dead. Um, no this one was was very it was, very, it was supernatural basically it was sort of like um 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 um. um Oh, what was that movie series about people who who escaped death, uh, who, who, who should have died but didn't? Final Destination. Yeah, they all basically just barely miss death, and 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 bad things keep happening to fi- to finish the job. It's Final Destination. Yeah, this one is is the opposite of that. Basically, there's a curse on the school, and if any, and if there's a certain number of students in the class, so, people are going to die. And it's because there's a ghost walking around not realizing it's a ghost. And it's causing, th- causing problems to occur. And it's not superhero. It's very, it's, it is very creepy. Uh, unfortunately, it's only available in the United States in the uh, censored version. Because I, I was able to see some of the uncensored version. And I'm going, okay, I'm glad I saw the censored version of this. I assume you mean it's very bloody or something? Oh, God, yes. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> I was just thinking more along the lines of like canon, 
K-A-N-O-N, where you, you basically have this kid who's moved into a town and he meets people and they're norm, mostly normal until he finds out that they're not. That there's something, you know, the, the girl, there's one girl who's trying to destroy spirits in the school, and then there's another girl who, at the very end of the anime, you find out that, uh, you know, he thinks that she's dead, but he finds out differently at the end of the anime. I mean, there's a lot of that that goes on where people are literally dis, uh, I'm trying to think of what the other one, there was one where there was a girl who once, uh, she was in a coma, and every time people came to, uh, oh, it was uh, air. Every time people went and saw her in the uh, in her hospital bed, then they could remember her as she was walking around as a like a as a, as a projection. They they couldn't see her. They couldn't remember her anymore. So here's this story that's primarily about people meeting young young people. A YA story about meeting each other and trying to develop relationships and and becoming closer to each other. And all of a sudden, you've got a character who suddenly is got this bizarro aspect to them because they're involved with the spirit world. And actually, I just remembered the name of the uh, of the anime I was talking about. It's called Another. I have no idea. Yeah, I've never heard of it. Yeah, it's it's on Hulu. It's worth watching. Okay. Let's move on to the social. Girls are delicate flowers and must be protected until they are shown that they are not. But even so, we've got characters who will not attack women, and there's other characters who must always defend women, even though the women may actually be the most, you know, kick butt characters that they're in the in the show. Evangelican. There's Asuka. Uh, who ba- who's not a delicate flower, but, you know. There's lots of ones where the girl is actually in charge of a dojo, and she's like the best fighter there. But there's some guy in, the, in who who basically is like, well, I'll fight for you, I'll protect you. You know, and, and she's like, I can protect myself. And he says, no, 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 it's, it's I, I want, you know, in order for me to be a man, I must protect you. And so that aspect is could be part of your the dynamics in your team where you cho- have one character who chooses to protect another character regardless of whether that person needs to be protected because either they like them or they feels a family obligation but mostly it's because of something about them that they feel requires that they do this you know i'm your senior i'm you know i'm your uh, older brother I'm your younger brother. I'm, you know, your second cousin once removed and somebody asked me to watch out for you. Or um, I lost a bet and I must be your, you know, protector because, you know, I've got to do something to make up for losing the bet. So I will be your protector. And they're like, really? I'm fine. You know, (laughs) and and a lot of comedy usually ensues because of that. So, but that's, I see that a lot in anime and, and, and and sometimes it, and sometimes it's in, inverted you know where all the girls are protecting the guy you know like tenchi yeah tenchi yeah. that was the yeah. yeah 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 probably the most extreme example of that is uh Sekiri or Sekiri, where all the angeloids are all you know protecting the one guy because you know he they bonded with him through a kiss yeah, it's on Netflix. I, I saw like five minutes of it. It was kind of like, this is really weird. I'm going to go somewhere else now. <laughs> I really like it. It's very nice, though it does uh, it, it does tend to be a little bit, you know, fan service ish. 
you know, and it, it's it's what's referred to as a harem story, which involves one guy with a lot of girls, and they're almost always trying to get closer to him. But outside of that, you have, like I say, what, what it comes down to is they all have to protect him because he's the weakest person there. He's he's a normal human, you know, and they're all superpowers, so they're constantly trying to do that. And hey. What what are the characters in in Ghost or no Attack? I'm sorry, I was gonna say Ghost in the Shell. Attack on Titan. Um, the, there's the main character, and his and his girl his girlfriend as in she's a friend. She's a friend who's a girl that he saved as a child, and they've been like you know she's felt a and it, this is a a very good example, Peter. Uh, where here's somebody who has an obligation. To someone else, it doesn't matter what this kid does. No matter how many times he changes his mind, you know she is on board. Right. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't doesn't matter yeah. what he does, good, bad, and de- she. If his ship goes down, she's gonna ride the ship to the bottom of the ocean with him. Yeah. And she's like ten times the fighter he is. Yeah, she's ten times anything that he does. Right. She is the epitome of win. Right. <laughs> Well, there's yeah. one point where um, his mother tells her, like, in the very first episode, you need to take care of Aaron. You yes. need to take care of him because she's she ended up getting adopted by his parents. So she's the slightly younger sister, I guess. Yeah. And, slightly younger sister, not related by blood in any way. Right. right. Yeah. 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 And he, she very specifically says you need to make sure he doesn't get in trouble or do anything stupid. And fr- and like right after that. First episode, mom gets eaten by a titan. Yeah, so, right. I mean, yeah. she took that to heart and just went with it the entire series. But I, I gotta—I have to say that that what he does, you know, what, what they reveal in the past is a flashback that that he does to save her. Um, if I had been her, I could see that kind of devotion to somebody. I thought that was well well scripted. Yes, I agree. I mean, it's it's you you really kind of ask yourself why is she such you know why is such a super competent person like her why is she just such a doormat until you see that literally you know not just her life but basically her her sanity her her whole concept of self she you know she was going to be violated every way since sunday and he saved her right and not only did he save her but like he would probably normally would have died but he he i mean he like he went against all odds to save her. Yes, like he—he he was basically throwing his life away to save her. So that was uh, that was pretty cool, pretty well done. And so she's she's basically throwing her life away on a long term basis in order to keep him okay, you know. And you watch these animes, and you're like, well, you know, why don't they just like real, you know, just just you know become girlfriend boyfriend because clearly their devotion to each other is so strong that that makes uh, that makes sense. You know, to to a Westerner, anybody who was that close to somebody else of the opposite sex, you'd expect them to date. And a lot of times in anime, that doesn't happen. They just have this incredibly strong bond with each other. The closest thing I can think of is in America is the whole Xena thing. You know, Bruce, I, I don't know because I, I have friends. I have I have female friends that I you know I love dearly, but but I could never. I could never be with them in that sort of way. Like, you know, I would do anything for them and I've spent, you know, a lot of time with them, but there's, I couldn't, I couldn't see myself involved with them in any way. So maybe, maybe it's that sort of like sisterly love kind of thing. But to the, to anybody on the outside, they see you two together and they just kind of go, are you together? And you're like, no, no, no. Uh, 
with you. Oh, I've yeah. had people. I've, I've had people ask yeah, questions. Yeah, exactly. yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there, there's the concept of work husband, work wife. Basically, yeah. that one person at work that you really connect with, but yeah, the, either they're married or not. But for all intents and purposes, you guys are like married at work. Yeah, you just you know married without benefit. And a lot of them, you you actually you know you're actually spending more time as a couple than you do with your real spouse. Right. Yep. Right. It's because that other baggage isn't there that you get along so well. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know about that situation. I kind of work with my boyfriend. He's a supervisor down on the ramp. There's a there's a lot of baggage there. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Hey. right. Some of that baggage barks too. So wait a minute. Hold on, real quick before we move on <laughs> off this. Is that is that something that's kind of um, kind of part of the, the Japanese culture? Is is that a, oh. a thing? Because you see that a lot in anime. Is it? Yeah. Is it a cultural thing? Uh, they do promote the uh, kind of a 1950s idea that a woman's role in general is to uh, meet a guy, you know, get married, raise the kids. So the the women are not looked at as being frontline fighters until, of course, you see them doing that. The the super powered maids, you know, that have these incredible abilities, you know, they may not have it, but at some point you, you expect them to they'll, they'll, they're going to get married and they're going to have some kids and they're going to drop out of whatever it is that they were doing and do it, okay? And except in the animes where they don't. So I'm, you know, it's, this is not a hard and fast rule, but I, I'm just saying is a lot of times you'll have this where there'll be one character who's kind of sickly for some reason and somebody feels they have to protect them and they have to look out for them. And that's all I was saying about that is that, you know, the, the girls of the delicate flowers, you know, is that you, you can be a male character. You can invert it where they're taking care of the male character because either they were sickly or they're just stupid (laughs) they're always getting into trouble someone needs to be your keeper and it's gonna be me because you know well again tenchi moyo yeah 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 just but i mean there's lots of other ones um akio the relationship between cqo and bqo and akio were was you know that's our relationship we're talking about yeah it's, it's basically a bromance yeah, to the highest level you can imagine. Yeah, except they're all yeah. Well, it's more like a uh, Bromento. What's that? Oh, that famous girl, you know, girl part buddy movie. Thelma oh, and Louise. Wait. Oh, Thelma and Louise. Okay, yeah. Well, it's still the same thing. And like I said, like Gabrielle and Zena. You know, it's they, they, people always try to cast this, you know, in some kind of a sexual thing, but really they're just really, really close. Yeah. And that's that's fine. This trope is you know is represented in other cinema, but really you see this a lot in anime, where yeah. you know, they, they, there's this one person that everyone feels they have to protect. And your uh, Attack on Titan, you've got that the blonde kid Armin. who basically seems to be good at nothing until they start to figure out that he's actually pretty good at tactics. Yeah, but they have to keep him safe. They have to keep him alive long enough for him to discover his value. <laughs> but go yeah. ahead. Back to the whole part about uh, protecting the guy because he's dumb and he's going to go off and do something he shouldn't. There is one point um, early in the series where uh, Mikasa thinks that Eren's dead because he got eaten by a titan. Like, she just, she goes off on a killing spree and then when she's down to her last blade, she just sits on the ground and accepts it and says, okay, you can kill me now because she thought that she failed her, her main mission, which was to keep him alive and keep him safe. And, and we find out completely different spoilers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> only, only, only like a small spoiler there, but whatever. Yeah, yeah. it happens pretty early in the se- in the se- series. So. Yeah, yeah. It's been out long enough. Yeah, people yeah it's, it. look, it's free. You can watch it on Crunchyroll. It's been out forever. Everybody's talked about it. If you haven't seen it's it by now, come on. You should see it. I mean, I think it's a, it's an excellent anime. Yeah, I, I think I we got mention the <laughs> got mentioned the dairy characters a bit, bit for female types because there's like Sundari, Kudari, uh, Dendari, and everyone's favorite Yendari. These are types you see. You know, I'm not going to even try to pronounce the names; I'll get them wrong. But basically, there's four basic types when it comes to a lot of uh, anime, at least anime lead character, female lead characters. There's the one that basically will kick your butt. Drop a hat, but then it's very, you know, but in private, it's very, very sweet on you. Uh, that's like, that's Asuka. Um, uh, there's one who's stoic and quiet and tries to remain very competent, but doesn't complain. And no matter how badly she's hurt, and that's Ray from Neon Genesis. She's very much that way. Then there's the, the, the shy type. You know, they want to be, they want to be the social type, but they're not. They're they're always very shy and, and it's hard to get them out of their shell, right? And they're the worker bees. Yeah, and then there's the Yandere. I have to mention that one. They're the ones that start out loving and sweet, and if you cross them, they'll cut your throat. <laughs> Literally, cut your throat. Uh, there's several for their. Um, Oh geez, uh, Kimmy Howell from No More Heroes Two was one. Uh, there's there's actually a new there's actually a recent anime out where all the pictures of the heroine, she's covered in blood. So the girl who's in Future Diary, what's she? Ooh, Future Diary. Uh, I don't. I have to say I haven't seen that one. Uh, okay, well she basically is this this girl who just loves this one character, just absolutely loves him, but she's like unbelievably violent. Yandere. That's the fourth one. Yeah, Yandere, yeah. Okay. Basically, they're loving and loving, and don't you ever leave me. Yeah. <laughs> you will never leave me. I will keep a part of you with me always. <laughs> <laughs> They'll love you to pieces. Right. Under that, I had a B, which was kid sisters will always kick your butt, physically or emotionally, and you must always be loyal to your kid brother or sister. Yeah. <laughs> In Fringeworthy, this can actually happen because once they discover that you can make people Fringeworthy by uh, going through uh, a portal, a female, of course, later in the campaign, males, uh, goes through the portal bearing a child, a fetus, it will turn that fetus Fringeworthy. So you can have an entire family that's actually part of of, uh, the Fringeworthy organization, whether they're on the same team or not, okay, and you can have this thing there where you've got this 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 sibling that you know is especially a younger sibling who is always putting the smack down on the older sibling either physically or verbally or uh emotionally and uh you can and if you want to play them in the same team that's that can be a lot of fun you know because you have this this thing going on where the as the older sibling you feel that you must you know support your younger sibling i've seen that in a lot of anime so i i think that would be a fun thing to do you know and and, and that gets you into a lot of trouble because of course your younger sibling tends to if they're normal, they tend to make bad decisions because they don't have life experience and you end up having to bail them out. Sometimes you have to take a beating for them. 
Sometimes you have to like to you know spend all your money. You know that 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 hundred thousand dollar bonus can sometimes go away really fast <laughs> because of something your younger sibling has done. Yeah, I'm just thinking of one where a guy finds out that his uh, little sister actually is command of the Earth Defense Network. Well, there's Date Alive. Yes, that's the one. And, and she's egging him on to do stuff that he doesn't want to do, but he has to do it because, A, he's the only one who can do it, apparently, and B, is because she's got his number. I mean, <laughs> she, she just seems to get him to do whatever she needs him to do, you know? Yeah. So you could definitely do that. And even if it, if it's not, uh, like, say, in Fringeworthy, uh, you could also do that in Bureau 3, especially if you're, like, a supernatural creature and you've got a sister who's also supernatural, might very possibly end up on the same team together because mom and dad want you to watch out for your little sister and she's a troublemaker. In Fringeworthy, the important non-explorer uh, characters is the team liaison whose job it is to get the team supplied, get equipment, interface with IDET, interface sometimes with the public and the press. So you find out that your younger brother or sister has been telling stories about what you've done on some of your missions. Now you've got a whole rep that you've got to live up to or down to, depending upon what's going on. And these can be very strong recurring characters that show up again and again depending upon how you're running your Fringeworthy game. Fighting equals friendship. Uh, Anybody you defeat will become your friend if you have the same goals. It's the honorable combatant trope. And two of the anime that I think really pushes this is uh, Tanichi, the the Mightiest Disciple, Mm -hmm. who who basically everybody he beats becomes his best friend and and supports him. The other one is... All the initial D's, where he's this guy who doesn't even want to become a race car driver, but he's got incredibly mad skills. And so he's going to a new section of Japan to to go into a downhill race with uh, with somebody. And it always starts off the same way, with his opponent talking serious trash about him. And then he just blows them out of the water, you know, as he races by them doing sometimes apparently impossible things. And they're like, how could this be? But when he beats them, they're like, okay, man, you beat me, you know. Uh, I mean, you know, now I'm in your corner. And they'll come to bat for them. They'll spread his fame around. I mean, it's amazing sometimes how, you know, these these enemies become frenemies. Yeah. <laughs> right. they, they, you know, they, they may not have 100% alignment with them, but the, the deep respect that they have for them, when the chips are down, they'll, they'll come back, back your play because you beat them fairly and honorable. If I'm the only person that can insult you, if anybody else insults you, you have to deal with me. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's so great. Yeah. That's so great. Which is kind of almost uh, the the in America that's done through through uh, uh ethnic and racial tropes. You know, where the only person who can make a joke about a certain whatever is because, you know, you have to be black to tell black jokes, you have to be Chinese to tell Chinese jokes or Italian, you know, whatever. And but yeah, I'm the only one, you know. I'm the. I, I could talk trash about this guy all day long because, you know, I'm, I'm the only one who's allowed to do it. Reminded of the old thing about Richard Nixon. He may be a son of a bee, but at least he's our son of a bee. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm the only one on this podcast that can tell West Virginia Greek jokes. 
And I, I agree, Peter. You're the only one who should do that. <laughs> well, we're going to push that down. I, I mean, mean, you've got the Polish joke right there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now I'm stuck with being American-German. So and, yeah. and, not an, and not an Aspie or Polak joke out of any of you. That's not flying. Anyway, <laughs> but let's go. Yeah. Okay, so again, under the social, which again is more is 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 really clearly done in a lot of these harem type animes. The will to persevere is more important than talent. You need the will. The person who tries the hardest is the one that everyone backs. They'll back his play because he's trying so hard, or she's you know she's really she will give up. So we we got to support. Well, it's that whole everybody likes a winner mentality. I think. But even if you're not a winner, if you just keep trying, you know that 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 will not lay down and die. Well, aspect. then that's that underdog coming from behind thing again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, and of course in games, this is you can do this a lot, especially if you have like a disparate level kind of thing, where the new person who comes on the team, you know, into the game, you know, is lower level than the rest, and so they're not very good. They keep failing their roles, but they if they stay in there and they keep trying, then everybody's got to basically get back their play because if you're following the anime tropes, because that's what happens in these animes. Well, the perfect. You can see- that would be any sports anime ever created on the face of this planet. I mean, you got the <laughs> yeah. one underdog, which is the main character, and everyone wants to back him because he's got so much spirit and so much hype that everyone's like, yeah, we can do this, even if you guys suck. Yeah, we can do this. We got this. Only four yeah, We came in last, team. but we came in last the right way. <laughs> and next year, we're going to own everybody. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, sports. That's that's all. You're right, Shelley. That's like a shoe in for all, every single one of them. Is is, is, is that story? But um, but you see that in a lot of these ones with the you know the superhero teams or uh, and and the one that I think of uh, most often is the new recruit in Tank Police. You know, the one who made her own little baby tank. Tank Police is oh, that the one with the Puma Pat sisters? Pat. Yes, with the, that's the one that has the Puma sisters. Napoleon. Uh, it was called Napoleon. The tank was called Napoleon, yeah. She basically took a, a tank that had been destroyed and turned it into a little mini tank and because they wouldn't give her a tank because she was she was such a neo. You know, she was a so the new the, the the wet behind the ears recruit. You know, she just kept you know, with spunk and chutzpah and, and everything else, she made her own little tank and she went out there to stop the bad guy. And before you knew it, the, the entire fleet of tanks are rolling down the high, the roads behind her, you know, d- d- uh, destroying the town as they go usually, you know, but, and, and the mayor's screaming about the cost overruns. But they're behind her because, you know, like I said, she's got that spunk. Of course, there's the inversion of that with the Shinji from Neon Genesis Evangelion, who it literally is the person they need to do what needs to be done, but doesn't want to do it. Just does. He just wants to go home, wants to leave, wants you know, just, just doesn't want to do it. And it takes a lot. It takes a lot of work to get him to do it. Yeah, and not, not a whole lot of people like him at the end. <laughs> No, well, yeah, if the whole if you literally are are are, dr- are dragging your hero to the finish line. <laughs> you you it didn't help that the 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 first that the original anime was being done during the the director's therapy sessions and he was actually using the anime to actually play out some of his therapy. 
Well, I, I could I could tell. I, I haven't watched the original anime, but I I saw the the episode where they decided to kill everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I was, like, no, I was like, wow, man. And I have watched the movie version since then. You know, the the re the reboot. They're also doing a reboot. Yeah, the reboot. The reboot is not as bad as as I, I've only seen a couple episodes of, re, of the reboot. Yeah, uh, I, I think they're they're pretty amazing. But yeah, the the main character, he's the hero, but you know, you're like, you know, I'm not really rooting for you because everything you do kills like millions of people. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, collateral damage, huh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, it, you know, just one name for that then, Thomas Covenant. But we're not going to go there, are we? No. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're the hero because the, the because the legend says you're the hero. <laughs> you have nothing to, nothing to recommend you otherwise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Common thing to happen is you're reunited with childhood friends who have unresolved issues. And the anime is usually about you re- figuring, you know, resolving those those issues with your childhood friend, uh, or helping them resolve their own issues. I think Rick Hunter and Roy Falker might cover mm-hmm. that in Robotech because for Rick it was a con, you know, he kept calling him Big Brother. It was a matter of hero worship, and then Roy had to leave to fight the global civil war in 1995, leaving Rick behind with his dad with the flying circus. And then when Rick gets drawn into the first Robotech war, he's got to deal with being with Roy again and being his subordinate. And Roy has to deal with, you know, the hero worship. And yeah, there is that unresolved issue there when those two are thrust back in the first Robotech war together. So I could see that being part. Yeah, that's that's very true. Okay. All right. Skinship. Okay, I thought it was a, mis- mis- uh, a typo. That's You actually meant skinship. Skinship, yes. It's a term referring to the aspect of getting very close to another person re- develops your relationship with them. It's usually depicted through people bathing with each other, but sometimes it's done through other things like, you know, just it's the idea that physically touching another person actually causes a deepening of your relationship to them. I got one thing for this. Just here we go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know it's very easy to jump into the sexual possibilities here. We can, we can go etchy. Yeah, but in most often it's not done that way, okay? Especially because in most anime, the main character in these, if it happens in a harem type situation, is actively trying to avoid a deepening relationship with the other characters because the other characters will kill each other if if they do. Um, But the one I was uh, thinking a lot of was actually in Star Trek. Uh, the whole scene where they're going through decontamination oh. with Tapak and uh, oh, uh, oh, yeah. I hate oh. Dude, I'm sorry, the pole. That yeah. is the, that is the hottest <laughs> Star Trek scene ever. Yeah, the yeah. stripper scene. But, but, yeah, and you know that nothing is actually happening <laughs> no. there. Not yet. <laughs> okay. Right, but the point is, is that that whole thing where they're touching each other, even though they're doing it, you know, that would be, you know, in Japanese animation, that would be considered skinship. And sometimes, you know, they they will do that where they just they want to be close to each other, so they'll 
They'll take some clothes off and they'll actually lean against each other. It's just a concept that they seem to have in the anime. I don't know if it's actually part of their culture or not. Maybe the, the Japanese have some social isolation that they're trying to break through by things like that. But I'm just saying I see it in a lot of animation where things like holding hands is very important. The first kiss, an indirect kiss where someone drinks out of a can of coffee and the other person drinks out of the can after them and they're like, you know, it's it's almost as if our lips were touching, okay? Now, it's usually done in more romantic things, but it can also be done in other aspects. Of course, sometimes it's, 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 it's inverted where you fi- realize that you're, ki- you're, you're drinking the can off of somebody like a guy and all of a sudden you're like, that's just like kissing him. And then, of course, you're like, ah! That sort of reminds me of uh, Fooly Cooly. Where you know where the alien who's out, you know the alien girl who's out trying to find the, the her her boyfriend gets close to the get, to sort of that sort of thing with the uh, with the male protagonist of the series. Of course, she tries to beat him up to a lot, but that's beside the point. Yeah, well, that's my point is it doesn't actually necessarily translate into something romantic. Okay, a lot of times it's just a way of of, of people showing that they like each other, you know, um, and, and sometimes when they want to get close to each other and they can't be romantic, that's, that's what they do. Perfect example of that one, Bruce. Matoi and Senkitsu from Kill la Kill. Senkitsu is, is her uniform. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> There's not enough there to cover anything. <laughs> it's not a real uniform. There's nothing there. <laughs> uh, yes, but but that's its power. Less is more. <laughs> yeah, but example the the other character, the daughter of the family she's staying with, is constantly glomming onto her. Mako, yes, Mako, yes. And there's time. There's been a couple of times when she's actually like thrown herself at her, and she's done like this acrobatic flipping around, and finally setting her up on her feet. But a lot of touching went on during all that, you know. And and she seems to have this hero worship that requires that she be really close to her, you know. And, and that's again, that's part of this. It's that whole idea that somehow by touching somebody, you're making a connection on a deeper level, even a spiritual level of. It's 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 just it's in a lot of anime and and I think that it would be interesting to do that and I think it, it, this is a little harder to do in a in a role playing game but definitely I think you'd run into those kinds of situations uh, where uh, you know decontamination most people don't talk about decontamination it happens in fringe really when you in the early campaign before they were really willing to accept the fact that the portal system really does get rid of all the really bad bacteria and viruses you know they used to have to spend like a week in isolation with each other in these small rooms lots of opportunities there for you know skinship play that again trav well, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> especially especially yeah. when you only have the one chemical toilet between the between the six of you. Oh, oh. <laughs> absolutely. You know, it's especially bad when you're a room full of Mellers, right, Bruce? <laughs> yes. Well, that's a whole different aspect of skinship. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I really want to get into you, you know, and you're like tearing their spine out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, okay. From the purely aesthetic aspects of it, uh, if you're doing anime, there's going to be some crazy hair and outfits. You know, Kill the Kill, probably one of the craziest. 
in all those aspects, hair and you know, but also in in most in a lot of the animes, uh, the main characters are usually dressed starkly different than the other characters. You know, and many times in what would be normally impossible to do because you know they have uniforms in uh, in most schools. And so everybody's expected to wear them. Yet you've got, for example, in Rama one half, he's always wearing a, a, a Chinese, a red Chinese um, martial arts uniform instead of a school uniform. When he, except when he, he is wearing a school uniform, but I'd say ninety percent of the time he's wearing that outfit. It's not like you don't know who he, that character is. You don't instantly realize who he is. But he does that, and and other other times they do that too, where they'll be wearing things that probably they're not supposed to be wearing, but they do. The crazy hair, spiky hairs, I don't need to list them out. I mean, you know, practically every anime has somebody with some crazy aspect of their clothing or their hair to to identify them. You got Tenchi, Washu, the little short scientist, always wearing the lab coat and the wild spiky pink hair. Yeah. Right. Right. How do you know she's the main character? She probably has some hair color that's not natural. Max Sterling and Robotech had the, the blue green hair. <laughs> yeah. So. Right. And and then of course you have Ryoko who has the belt that's actually a, it has a, an animated cat tail on it. Okay, and then responds to her emotions. So it's constantly jerking around, you know, in stark contrast to uh, Aika, who's dressed in a or Yukata. Everything about her is controlled and quiet and respectful, and of course, until she gets to a screening match with Ryoko. But, you know, the point is, is that you, you, you see these outlandish outfits on characters. Look, you, you guys know that if you're doing anime adventures, the most sought-after device in Fringeworthy would be the Tremelin comb, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Checkerboard hair, easily done. Extra stiffness. There we go. Get that spike up. (laughs) And make it bright pink. There we go. Yeah, but permanently. (laughs) Like, it's not dye. It literally changes the color of the hair. And the structure, so it will stand up even when it rains. (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) I I don't think it necessarily changes the, 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 the root color. Uh, but it definitely changes the color of this this being currently exhibited. I don't know. I, is that the description? I thought it changed it until forever. You change it back. Yeah. yeah until you so change it, it back. back. Another application reverses it. You know, it's that, that's however you want to play it. If you want to play that it actually, you know, uh, genetically morphs your cells, okay. That's, that's how we did it. Yeah, that's how I understood it. And it would be nothing – yeah, there would be nothing – to say that that would be nothing against the Tamerlan technology because they're they're bionauts. Yeah, it, it certainly would not be beyond it. Uh, I folks, mean, just a little quick. My daughter does have to leave. Something came up, so uh, Shelly, I do want to thank you for helping us out on this. Hey, not a thank problem. Thank you, Shelly. Have no life. Uh, total weeaboo. Happy to talk about anime twenty four seven. I don't sleep, so that's great. Don't be a stranger. Now that the Shelley's gone, we can talk about the super stoic versus the super emotional, exaggerated te- uh, temperaments that John was talking about on our new our our, our group. Yeah, the people tend not to be just normal characters, you know. 
it's like they're overacting all the time, you know. And, and sometimes they burst out in these kinds of things too. Yeah, I mean, uh, two two shows actually they're, they're somewhat contemporary with each other. Shows it really well. My example was Cowboy Bebop and Batman the Animated Series. I mean, they're both well animated series. They both were fighting crime. Yet, I would say the only person who's over the top in Batman is the person you expect to be over the top, uh, Joker and and Harley. Otherwise, yeah. they they weren't. There, no one else was over the top. You go to Cowboy Bebop, and everyone is over. Everyone is exaggerated. They at least got up to five or maybe even ten on on, on their on the emotion scale. Right. And, yeah. And, and everybody's a drama queen in that in that in that show. Bruce, you <laughs> yeah. brought up Intenchi with Ryoko and Aika. Aika yeah. was always very regal and composed, and Ryoko was always very vehement. Yeah, think she said, yeah. So that she's was, a she's a complete instigator. Yeah. And when they get together, they get together like oil and water instead of fire, uh, sodium and water. Sodium morning water, yeah, yeah. Or like my roommate yeah. said, they get together like peanut butter and lobster. Yeah. And of course, as we said, <laughs> as we as you said before, and when and when Tenchi's in trouble, they're fighting side by side. Oh yeah, right. Until he's okay, and then they go at each other. Then they, they then they pick up where they left off. You know. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things where fighting is friendship. In that one, <laughs> <laughs> fighting is friendship. In complete contrast to the younger sister. Okay, who is just the worker bee kind? Sasame, I think her name was. Yeah, yeah. yeah she's the one you'd actually want to marry because yeah, she's Sammy so sweet so. and so supportive and so and and is competent in everything that she does. You know, and well, there's reasons for that, and also, but she's also the team's the group's mom. She's the yeah. mother figure for the entire team. You know, she's the one who's who can cook. Yeah, because it definitely isn't Washu. Because Washu is, is is just as crazy as Ryoko is, but in a different way. No, Washu's food would be would be nourishing. Anything cooked by Mihoshi. Oh God! And you know what? That that's another trope of, of anime is the the mother figure. <laughs> yep. yep. You know, much yep. like the, like the teacher figure. The mothers are gone. Yeah, okay. the parents are gone, but there's somebody there who basically is a, a part of the group who's a stand-in for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The team, the team mom, Jet Black, it was the father figure for Cowboy Bebop. Uh, Sammy was uh, the the mother figure for Tenchi. Uh, they're always someone who's basically their job to be is, is to be the parent. At Lisa Hayes and Robotech. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of times it's actually a guy. In a lot of the animes, the guy who's taking care of his little sister. Turns out the guy is the best cook. Ever all the girls are showing up because he cooks all these amazing meals. But it is a trope in, in anime that there will be one person who eats. Eats a yes. lot. That's me that's me Hoshi and Tenchi. Oh yeah, I didn't even mention that. Glad you brought that up. Yeah, there's somebody who eats an unbelievable amount of food. Yeah, and then there's a person who can't cook to save their soul. I'm thinking of CKO from AKO, where it looks wonderful. There's the bento box. It looks wonderful. You take a taste and you want to throw up. So wait a minute. So so is that a trope of anime? If food food seems yes. to be a big. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it, it's, there is a lot of food in, in anime. It, 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 and there, as you said, there's one person who's a really good cook, but there's usually somebody who is absolutely abysmal, no matter how hard they try. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think of it. Who's who's the female lead? Uh, Akane, Akane. Everything that Akane does is dreadful. 
you know, in and Romna one half. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she actually they actually had a whole episode where she learned how to boil water. There will be an episode. We always said there's always the beach episode. There's also always the food episode, where where the entire entire show is about cooking dinner or making a meal or going to some festival to eat. Um, thing like in Girls Un Panzer, there's a basically they go to the beach, but part of the beach is learning how to cook and, and all the various military uh, rations you can eat and how, and how to fix them. It's a food, it's a, it's a food episode as well as a beach, beach episode. <laughs> it's a two-in-one. Two and they usually try to throw in a lot of comedy on those kinds of things too. I'm sorry, uh, in Heaven's Lost Property, one of the angeloids walks in the water and basically gets eaten by a, uh, by a, a, a giant fish, which he then carts out of the water and slaps it down for them <laughs> to eat. You know, because she's she's the she's the toughest one. She's basically the toughest one of the bunch. There is no creature on Earth that could possibly do her a bit of harm. So yeah. it's, oh, Mak- uh, Mako's mother from Kill la Kill. She she can cook literally anything, and it's good. Even though it may have bones and things sticking out of the pot, it's still delicious. Very questionable origin of food. Yes. Yes. The only thing that they've, they've never done is they never said, just eat it. It's nobody we know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's never happened. At least not I've seen. All right. So, yeah. So, th- thank you, John. The extra, the food, the food episode. So, yeah, you definitely need to have a food aspect to your, to your game. You know, when you go to, to different places, they're going to have meals where they eat strange things and probably, scary stuff that actually turns out to be delicious but maybe it's not maybe it looks scary and it really is scary this is bruce sheffer saying there are a million million worlds out there so go explore them this is john ryer saying keep your powder dry and keep those cards and letters coming in this is blix don't hate the game hate the players this is richard tohoka wait till you see what's coming next and this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun. Yo, brothers. This was the Tri-Tech Games Podcast. You know the drill. It's protected under the Creative Commons License 3.0. No commercial reproduction, no derivatives, and sucker, you best attribute this to the folks at Tri-Tech Games. And if you don't, We'll be having your sorry butts, because we're some bad mothers. Hi, this is Trav from the Travcast. Listen to me Tuesday nights, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on listen.dementiaradio.org, colon 8027.